Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We are talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. to the opening drive. I'm Brooke Grimsley alongside Carrie Davis and Randy Carricker is out doing a service with some jury duty stuff. And we now welcome in from the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, Chris Kerber. Curbs, a great weekend for the Blues. I know that you have that tough loss yesterday against the Las Vegas Golden Knights, but still, it looked like the guys were competing and battling for each other. I think the cloud... I think the cloud cleared, Brooke, uh, of, of after the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You know that, that that's such a tough moment in sports. And you, I, I got, wait, I got a great little nugget to tell you. I saw I saw Tom, Tom Stillman yesterday after the game, Brooke, as I was walking over with you uh, to do the uh, Blues Weekly hit with you, and, and we were talking a little bit, and we were just talking about how the team looked better over the last couple of days, and the, the cloud clearing, and just how tough. That is personally because you think of you think of players like Braden Shen, Brandon Sod, veteran guys, even the young guys that maybe they have, have never gone through this, and you see Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko, Nola Chari, and Nico Mikola, you know, all, all traded away. Ivan Barbashev, all traded away. These are guys you're used to seeing on the bus. They're sitting next to you on the plane. And maybe you sit with them. It became your routine to sit with them every game day in the meal room. Those kind of things, and now they're gone, and and it's just different. Or maybe you're a player like Colton Pareko. Uh, where, you know, or even Tory Krug or some of these others where you hear your knee getting kicked around and you do your best to ignore it, it's just really hard. And I was talking to Tom about this, and this also just speaks volume to the leadership and the ownership group that this organization has. But he says, listen, he goes, it was hard on me at a personal level because these guys have meant so much to our organization and brought so much to us and brought us our first championship. He goes, it was extremely difficult for me on a personal level. Imagine just how much harder it had to be on the players knowing what was going on. So I, I think there's there's such a real aspect of that, and Kerry could probably speak to it better than either you or I can, having been in rooms and things like that. But um, I think the cloud cleared, and in the last couple of games uh, I looked better as a result of it. Jordan Cairo, obviously, too, with a big weekend, putting up five points, including his second hat trick of the season and then a goal yesterday. What do you think has caused that? What has really picked out from him? Is it the way that they shifted around the lines? Or what did you see from Cairo this weekend that really stood out from you? For you? Well, n- nothing more than really what we've seen all year. And he had a bit of a slow start offensively. 
you know, and, I, and I'm sure, you know, the breaking news of, of a new contract kicked in and, and, and that kind of thing played a part in it. But, wow, what a terrific offensive hockey player the St. Louis Blues have here. And I loved Craig Berube's comments last night where he says he doesn't think he's even come close to what the ceiling is now. What is that ceiling? I have no idea. But you look at the skill, and he just set a career high in goals now with 30, and there's still 16 games to go. He could get to back-to-back seasons of 70 or more points. Uh, he really tore it up, could get to 80, but let's let's keep it within somewhat decent focus. And, uh, you know, and, and back-to-back 70-point seasons is not an easy thing to do. Tarasenko did it, O'Reilly did it. We haven't had a lot of guys. And we may get three players this year that did it that do it with, with Thomas Butchnevich and, and Cairo. So, you know, you look at the fact that both those young guys at the age of 24 and 23 are really still in the middle of a contract at the end of a contract that's paying them, what, $2.7 million. You know, their, their big contracts don't kick in until next year. So those two guys have really outperformed those contracts in a big way. Um, and it's pretty exciting. Now, Craig Berube also said yesterday when it came to Cairo, one of the there's a lot more to his game that will that will need to grow, and it's just a matter of getting there, working through it, understanding. When he continues to understand the time and space he's going to have with his speed and the ability to make plays at a high speed, and that continues to, to be part of the experience that he puts in the bank, he's going to become that much better of a hockey player. When he realizes that he can go into the corner and isn't going to get slaughtered all the time, and, and can make plays and therefore starts to win more puck battles. Well, then then the game's going to find an even another level, and it, it, it's not inconceivable that this young man could become a 100-point player. Hey, Curves, you talked about Jordan Cairo's ceiling. There's another player that I see on the ice, uh, a, a large human being. I think he's a young guy. I want to know what his ceiling is, and that's Alexei Torpchenko. Man, we have no idea, but Joe and I were talking <laughs> about that last night. He's a fun young man. He's such an, a joy. Uh, he's got uh, an infectious smile, loves to play. I, I thought the last two games, now I know Craig made the change uh, in the second period when the team was down a little bit, but that was more to get some more offense on the top line as he shortened his bench to get his team back into it. But that game in Columbus, they just said, okay, your job's to go to the front of the net, and he did, and it looked a little old school. It looked a little bit like Keith Kachuk just going to the front of the net and saying, somebody try to move me. Hmm. Uh, but but you're right. Maybe we don't give enough focus uh, to him as we have to the other guys. Now I don't think he has the offensive upside, you know, that that you see in in Cairo and Thomas. I, I wouldn't expect a Tage Thompson explosion out of him, you know, out of out of nowhere. But there is growth in his game where you may not be looking at just a fourth line player. You could be looking at a guy that's in the third line that can shift up to a maybe able to shift up to a second-line situation like we've seen uh, from uh, from Oscar Sundquist when he was here and the opportunities that Craig Berube gave him, those kind of things. So um, he, he's got to be one of the young guys that is still talked about. The other thing he can do is he, he can hit, and he can hit hard. And so as, as they try to get maybe more of that physical personality and physical characteristic back into the game that I think has – left the Blues game for the last couple of seasons, I think he'll play a big role in that. Well, and you mentioned there earlier that dark cloud kind of looming over the players of the trade deadline, and now that has passed. Do you think that that's what's going on with Colton Pareko and his kind of strong stretch of play here that we've seen recently? Brooke, I talked to the coaches. I've talked to 
I've talked to coaches with other teams. I've talked to players with other teams. I mean, I spent I spent a good amount of time with Al McKinnis in Columbus. I, I think the fans are being overly critical of Colton Pareko, and and I think they really need to take a step back. I really do. I don't know. I think this snowball's got has started to roll down the hill so fast, uh, and and it doesn't seem to want to stop. And look. I don't think there's a defenseman on this team that's had a good season, to be honest with you. And and the reality of it is it's because the overall team commitment to structure and defense in the defensive zone isn't very good. Go back to that Clayton Keller goal, you know, scored in Arizona, and we had three forwards that were basically escorting Keller like he was the bomber and these guys were the, the fighters trying to fend off the opposition. I mean, really. I mean, if – if, if there was a goal that epitomized what's gone wrong with the blue season in the defensive zone, that was it. Nobody took the body. No, none of these three forwards skated back, actually, to try and take a stick. I mean, and, and Nick Letty, who went to play the puck carry, looks back and goes, what the heck? I thought that guy was covered. Oh, he was covered, but he was more escorted than covered. Yeah. And and I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but, I mean, I just I talk to other people, and, and they're like, look, I think Colt Pareko, yeah, he – He's had a tough year as a whole, like everyone on this team has had. But they're not talking just the last three games. They're saying, look, the last few weeks to a month, he's been really solid, really good. They're doing, and there's only so much one guy can do, you know. And I'm not saying that that he's not going to tell you there hasn't been room for improvement and that kind of thing. But here's the comment that when I was talking to Al about him was made. This is this is something people need to realize. The moment you move a guy like that, the moment you move a six foot six defenseman that can skate, that can break up plays, that yes, you'd like to see be a little more physical, but that can keep up with the best players in the league on a regular basis. The moment you move him is the moment you start going, gee, we gotta go find a guy like that. Hmm. You know? And and that's the situation that they have here. And the the other aspect of it too, and this is this is not just a Colton situation, but really Several, you know, I'd, I'd probably say a good handful, six, seven players on this, including some forwards. You look at this season, you're like, okay, guys are going to have bad seasons. It's going to happen. Even superstars have had bad seasons. You know, you, you, you want to be very careful not to overjudge those bad seasons uh, when you have a player that has as much ability as some of these guys have. Hey, Curtis, last question for me. Uh, Jakob Bronner got his second goal as a Blue. Can we get excited about the potential that this young man has and, and what he can bring to this offense and to this Blues team? I wouldn't. Oh. No? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Listen, no. Well, what I mean by that is he's got a lot to prove, uh, mm-hmm. I, I think, to himself, you know, and uh, most importantly. Uh, and, and the reason I say I wouldn't get excited is, look, it's, o- it's only been a couple of games, and so I, I, I wouldn't overhype anything, you know, th- th- that you see th- in this situation. There's a couple of reasons. One, there's really no pressure on this team because uh, you're, you're out of it, so you're going to play a little bit loosely. They can become a dangerous team to play because of that. Uh, two, he, he's being put finally back in some situations in a top-six role that he hasn't been in in a while, and he's going to get a lot of playing time from it. And three... You know his his own his own health issues that he's talked about is, is is a factor that you want to give him the room to continue to be comfortable, grow and 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 play through whatever he had been playing through. So I think that the the stage of the final twenty games of this regular season of him with the Blues is a real important one, and the most important part for Verona 
is not to get overly excited about what you see. He's got some speed. He's got some skill. There's a reason he was a 12th overall pick of the Washington Capitals. There's a reason they were playing him with T.J. Oshie. There's a reason he helped the team win a Stanley Cup and play 23 games that year that they won the Cup. But he's got to get himself back on track, and I think the most important thing for him is for the, to take these 20 games, finish well, have some good confidence that leads into a good offseason. Next year, we'll see what he can do when you start clean and, and, and you hope for a good you know run for the entire team. But So I, I didn't mean for that to sound too harsh. I'm just yeah. saying I wouldn't overhype too much right now because the scenarios are so different than, say, a team that's battling for a playoff spot or a top spot in the league. The Blues take on the Minnesota Wild at home on Wednesday. Puck drops at 8.30. Pre-game is at 7.30. Curves will be listening, and we look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, you guys. Have an awesome week. Thanks, brother. You too.